Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 33rd episode, straight out of Tuckahoe, New York. He's an upcoming rapper who's got some fire songs, and he just released his latest album, Cole, which you can find on all streaming platforms except SoundCloud. I'm sorry, but you can find it everywhere else right now. He's upcoming. He's got the flows to match the awesome productions he brings with him, and right now he's here to talk about you know, his life, his music, what drives him, what will eventually take him, you know, to the Grammy Awards, to the BET Awards, to all the awards, you know what I'm saying? So he's got a lot going for him, and I'm so excited to have him with me today. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, give it up for AJE SMD, a.k.a. Jack Sparrow's great-grandson, a.k.a. the kid with naughty hair who got a fear, a.k.a. the angel-faced dighead, a.k.a. got the hippie, a.k.a. Cecilia uh, Playboy, aka Professional Alchemist from Tuckahoe, New York. How's it going, man? That was a mouthful, man. You, you scared that? Very proud of you. I'm good, man. Grateful to, uh, very, very uh, honored to be. This is my first ever interview, so I'm very, uh, very happy. Very dope occasion, and uh, yeah, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be, you know, your first interviewer. So, you know. AJ, just for the people who don't know, that's my introduction. Please let us know who and what exactly are you. Man, you, you summed it up, you know. It was a lot of a lot of adjectives and such. But uh yeah, man, I'm just regular ass person. Making music, spilling out my heart to the world, writing my bars, making these beats, putting it out for the good people. I apologize for some background noise. I'm doing community service right now. I'm on probation, you know. They ain't let me off the papers yet. But, uh, but yeah, man, I just, you know, I do it for everybody, man. If you can relate to what I make, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just, now I just want to know, like, take it, let's just take it, take us all the way back, AJ, just from where you uh, first began. When did you first realize that you really loved hip hop and this is what you want to do? Um, so how old are you, Jonathan? 23. Uh, oh, bet. So, yeah, I was born in 98. So, like, I had, like, the little, uh, like, my first iPod ever was, like, the, I forget what it was called. I don't know if it was, like, the, it was the one that had no screen, and it was, like, it looked like a stick of gum, and it was just all white, and that shit might have been, like, Nano? it might have been a Nano. I don't fucking remember, but it wasn't the one with the screen that they resell now for, like, five bands. Like, it was, like, the regular stick one that you put on, like, your arm and, like, you could run with it and shit. That was, like, the marketing selling point. So I had that shit. It had, like, literally, dog, it was, like, three gigs, four gigs, maybe even less. I was able to fit, like, 50, 30 songs on that shit. And I was just fucking illegally downloading them from wherever. Like, that's when I first found out about that Piff. It's probably, like, seventh grade, like, sixth grade. And, uh... Even younger, actually, like fifth grade, right as soon as like uh, like was about to leave elementary school, and uh, it was like my first time I ever got to like curate my own playlist. 
and it all started from there. My cousin showed me what that piff was and just, you know, downloaded different shit. You know, I'm a you know, Caucasian man. So, of course, I, a lot of that shit was like Eminem and like old shit like that. But like old M, like Shady LP. Like my favorite M track is uh, Bad Meets Evil with Royce. Very cinematic. Very, uh, very, uh, that's a word. Very cinematic. So, yeah, man, it was just yeah. way back then just with that iPod where hip hop started. Yeah, Eminem. Yo, he and Royce the Five Nine. They are like they are like monsters. Royce together. go crazy. M, you know, a lot of people hate on M now, but my brother got healthy. You know, he stopped the drugs. He stopped living like a maniac. So, you know, you give and take. His music kind of ass right now. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty butt. But man, got classics. That's that's true. And so, you know, when you when you're first like listening to these. um to these artists, you know, Eminem and like all the um, old school like music, like what about it really like just spoke to you? Um, so specifically that track, Bad Means Evil, it starts off with um with like an old Western cowboy voice talking about like how the ghost of Slim Shady and Royce the Five Nine like still walk around the bar. And there's like multiple things that they hit. There's audio cues that are like footsteps. There's a narrator like setting the scene and creating the like the mental picture, the imagery. And then the bars kick in and the beat's very ill. The beat matches the ambiance of what the introduction set. And it kind of put in motion to me that like audible audio music done the right way creates imagery so just from that age it was it was just like you know obviously like growing up in my area like hip-hop is everywhere and you know like i love the locks man like i love jada i love styles i love sheep and don't get it twisted you know like real real hip-hop still brings out that imagery but there's certain distinct tracks throughout like music history that just did that a little bit more um so many tracks, not even just speaking specifically on the Eminem song, you feel me? Like, so it was truly in that moment where it was like, made me realize like, good, well done audio truly creates a true visual representation. So that's what kind of took my mind in a lot of directions when it came to making music. So yeah. yeah. It's, it's really just kind of poetic, isn't it? How like real, Real lyricism can just do that. It can just paint that sort of picture, you know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were, when you were um, getting inspired by uh, hip hop and then eventually decided to like just take it on yourself, what were some of the challenges, uh, some of the biggest challenges you found for yourself when starting? Nothing. Um, I was kicking bars like from like middle school. Really, like, elementary school, like, just being in the caf, cafeteria, my fault. Being, like, the cafeteria and just, like, just fucking around with your friends, like, just roasting each other. And then the roasting turns into, like, freestyle of roasting. And then the other kids on the end of the table taking in another direction. Now they're spitting gay bars and making each other laugh. And then on the other end of the table is, like, actually trying to kick some rhymes. It was always, hip-hop's always been there since I was, like, real young. So, 
biggest thing for me was like my friends all like played AAU ball. Um, I never picked that up. My other friends like all like were like nice at like baseball, or whatever. Like ah, uh, uh, or maybe they were good at like school and shit. And I was good in school. I was all right at ball, but I wasn't. I couldn't keep up with everybody else. Um, just didn't apply myself like that. I just felt like I never really was able to do anything like that great. And then once I started really sitting down and making music, I felt like I finally found something in my life that I was good at. Like something that made me feel like I could do something and not just do it, but like do it very well. That's something my parents always say. A lot of old heads say that. If you're going to do something, do it well. So and I always felt like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do shit because it's like I don't do anything well. But when I started making music, it just gave me like a newfound confidence because I was finally able to do something that was just good, bro. Better than most of the shit I was hearing. But art is subjective. Music is subjective. I don't think my music's better than anybody's. That's a lie. But I don't. I don't think it's right to project that, you know. Because, like I said, music and art as a whole is all perspective. Yeah. So it really sounds like you really just found your calling when you um, first started with music, and it's just sort of just opened a whole new door for you to just really live out your passions. Yeah, brother. Uh huh. Um. So when you were when you were starting your bars, I got a, I just got this little curious um, question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, how often were you uh, like you know just in, in your desk in your studio, just like writing um, writing lines down, or just like practicing your practicing your rhymes? So uh, I didn't take music music seriously until like probably say until I was like nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout all like. Like I said, like grade school, middle school, um, I was always like penning shit. I was always like writing like a little sixteen, a little eights. It was but, <laughs> but it was like the the penmanship was still there, and uh, like so I was always kicking shit. But I never started actually sitting down and making songs, like writing bars to beats, until I was probably like eighteen, nineteen. And uh, I went to the studio one time because there was a kid who had a setup in Brooklyn. And again, I don't think I mentioned, I think we did. Tuckahoe is is, lo- is lower Westchester. Um, a lot of my friends are from Yonkers. But it's just like, I never really went to the studio with any of my friends. My one boy had a spot in Brooklyn. Paying money just didn't make sense. Plus, I just didn't have the money to spend. So everything I ever did was just in my house. I slowly like built up the pieces I needed from laptop to the door, which I record in FL, to the mic, to the pop filter. That's all. I just got a USB mic. I didn't need no focus right. Blah blah blah. I didn't need to none of that. And I just ended up getting right to it. And at that point, it just started happening like every single day, like every day. But I'm fucking neurodivergent as shit. So it would go every day for like a month and then I'd be off it for a month and then back and forth and such. 
Wow. You just, you just really got busy when, uh, when it was time and you were, you were ready. You, you were just penning, you were getting production ready. Yeah. So, so I gotta be honest. If, if it wasn't for this kid, Matt, I won't say his last name. My boy, my boy, Matt, if it wasn't for him, yo, cold wouldn't have happened because cold was a collective of, um, four years of music. And it just so happened, all the songs I picked that fit in a, in a similar vibe, similar ambiance, all was made in, in the winter seasons of those past four years. And a large bulk of them, my favorite tracks, um, came from sitting in my boy's warehouse. His pops had a clothing brand. Um, and if it wasn't for him helping me out, like sitting me down, bringing me to his open space, I wouldn't have been able to finish cold. It wouldn't be what it is today. That's that's amazing. You know, just your friend just helping you out right there, helping you get this project out. Four years in the making, huh? Yeah. Well, this is like your this is your um debut album right here. And you had to and I can't imagine like just the sort of just the joy and sort of just satisfaction you had right there when you were finally able to uh release it right here. Yeah, I was actually in a mental health facility when I when I let it go. Really? Yeah, I was over and uh, I had to go out to PA. I did some stupid shit. I was I was going through some weird shit and I uh, I tested positive for drugs. You know, don't do drugs, kids. Don't smoke bogs neither. But um, I tested positive on purpose to go in to do a little bit of time to just like get away from my life. And then I got the notice in the in the mail and my PO was recommending three years jail. So I wasn't trying to go away for no three years. I was trying to do like maybe like five months, six months, but uh, <laughs> she had a different idea. So, you know, got the lawyer on the phone and uh, figured something out. So I was in a mental health facility and that's where I dropped cold from. Oh, that is a wild story right there, man. Yeah, I'm pretty dumb. I ain't gonna lie. Pretty damn stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but when you were when you were finally able to uh, release Cold, despite you know your circumstances, you know you, you gotta have felt like just that moment of just like triumph right there, like four years going to your boy's warehouse, like doing the productions, like writing the songs, and now finally you know it's out for people to see. Were there any, were there any more songs, perhaps like to the album that you wanted to? Um, include or were you just satisfied with how it was um so cold is 31 tracks 30 songs uh i think it's 28 songs two skits and one intro and um so hitting that number a lot of my boys are like bro what are you doing 31 tracks like we're not we're not at that level nobody's gonna sit down and listen to your shit and i i do i do agree to that but at the same time um it's what I needed to do. So there were a couple tracks, but once I realized that, like I had 40 songs that I was looking at that I was trying to pick and choose. Once I realized like 28 of them were made in the winter seasons, it kind of just, everything just came together like very, it was like, what's that word? Um, Very serendipitously. I think that's the word. Yeah. It was very serendipitous of how it all came together in the format of it. Um. There are a couple tracks, but once I realized like what I wanted to go for and what the album meant to me as a whole, as a collective, 
Um, nah, it came like very, very seamlessly. And all the tracks that I didn't put on, I realized those were made in the summer. So I'm going to have another mm. summer tape um, in a couple months. I'm going to kick out. My boy's making jokes. They're like, oh, you're going to drop warm? My friends are dickheads. But um, yeah, I haven't come, up with the, haven't come up with the name or anything. So yeah, everything on that album, everything made the cut for the most part. Okay, cool. So yeah, let's let's talk some more about this. Let's talk about cold. So when you were um, putting these, you know, putting these um, um, songs together, and just you know, just getting your pen and the production ready, what was what was something about each of these songs that just made you like really just stop and think like, yes, this needs to be on the album. This is part of my debut. This is going to be part of my debut work. Um, a lot of the songs touch on some of the things I've always like felt deeply about. There's a track called uh, Wake Up Call. Um, the intro is, um, and I'm very inspired by uh, Mob Deep. Um, I love it. Right, yeah. And um, somebody who I really, really am in, admire is... Uh, the Alchemist. He's a producer who produced for Prodigy for a long time, which in, in, yeah. ended up being on a lot of the Mob Deep tracks. But he was specifically really close with Prodigy and uh, has produced so many other records like for people I love, like I mentioned before, like The Locks, Jada, and just, yeah. just a lot of different. Bronson. Yeah, he, and he has a lot of tapes like with, with individuals like Bronson. He just dropped that shit with Larry June. Um, it was really dope. So. There we go. Wake up call intro with uh, with Prodigy on it. The track consists of just like the topic of a. Uh, I started off with the first verse of saying, "By the age of eleven, I knew that I was destined to free the new age of slaves from fake follow depression, convinced that there's something wrong from aesthetic and false message, searching for something deeper, but really it's quite apparent they keep the masses in check with numbers and algorithms. How many likes she gets determines her dick fitter." Lining a sprite with tech, a Glock for some good measure. The pot is a false pleasure to block it with Paul Bearers. But yeah, I'm still ignorant. I fell victim. Break the tab in half and watch my life dissolve with him. Um, and so forth. And such, 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 such. Um, it's just like, I've always just, from a young age, um, just realized like, the world itself, we're very, um, We've come a long way from human conception, and we're very worried with a lot of different things that just don't fucking matter. Um, and although other tracks on the album, are just some of them are just like, you know, vibey. They may not touch on too many different things. The bulk of the songs all have a similar root and stuff like that, whether it might be that specific topic, whether it's like, the heartbreak side of it. I've lost a partner to overdose. Um, I was with a partner in high school that I did all the wrong things. And it's just kind of just like a reflection, a reflection on the current times of life, reflection on how I've acted in the past, reflected on how certain things have affected me in the past. So it was really cold. Is really just like, like a big point of reflection and how all those things came out. So this was really just 
introduction of just you and like what you've been through. This is just you being as like as like a storyteller right now, just letting out like what you felt, things like you've been through and just like your mindset throughout the years and just being able to like just share your your thoughts and just your emotions and your experiences with everybody else. Yeah. That's that's deep. Really? So but I, I'm curious, you know, you've I while listening to the album, you sort of like bounced through um subgenres. And some songs you've had like trap and like some of your other songs, like I've also heard like a little bit of grunge in there. And of course there's like the uh, boom bap with that song uh you still there. So for you, AJ, you I don't imagine like you're one who's particularly like um, you know, picky on what sort of like sounds like you have um in your music as long as you know it fits like the uh, lyrics you want to bring forth but uh what's your uh what's your relationship or appreciation for like these different uh little subgenres right here and how they fit into um your your music i think you touched on it pretty well um just now it's really just i sit on youtube for an extensive period of time and just just siphon through beats and as I'm listening to the beat I go through my rhyme book I go through my notes and I really just see what fits or what could be and going back to the very first thing we spoke about if it doesn't really um conjure some type of imagery for me I can't get down with it you know, there there was great beats that I have on my laptop still to this day. Some that I even have purchased and own the exclusive rights to and drop bread on it. I still haven't used it because I just don't, I don't have the proper creation for it. So I love all forms of rap. And I could get with anything, but it has to strike that nerve, that, that like indescribable, untangible nerve that just, that just works. You know, yeah, just the one that works. But you, you, you have to truly like appreciate the evolution that has come from uh, production of hip hop. Like when you take it all the way back to like the Run DMC, LL Cool J uh, days, where you know there was just a lot of you know scratching, a lot of sampling. My Eric, Eric B. Rock him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could just practically recognize the song that they were sampling from and you know there's just it was and now you look at now like the, today's where you can't always like recognize the song that they're sampling from they're more they're much more creative they're much more you know artistic they're much more vivid you could even call it with their productions like in their like when you take a look at producers like you know the alchemist mad lib um like Neptunes, mm-hmm. uh, Metro Boomin, it they've it's just been this wild ride of like different sounds, different tunes that have like just shifted along with like the lyricism of hip hop. Like hip hop has changed in major ways. Like how do you like sort of view the evolution of hip hop and uh, production? Where we're at right now, where we're at right now as like a community, um, I think drill is cool and all. Um, Chicago being the mecca 
of all of that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a very natural part of where the game goes. You know, it just goes wherever the kids want it to be, which is very, very important to me. Um, just recognizing that, like, this shit can go wherever the hell people want it to be, and there's no really right or wrong. Um, and I have an appreciation for that as a whole. I don't really get down with the current mainstream sound of rap, but um, I think it's just very beautiful as a whole, you know? And uh, I'm big on sampling. Boom bath can only get you so far if you want to make a career in rap. And uh, I just try to keep that in mind because I want to get paid for what I do, you know what I mean? And I want, but not only do I want to get paid, I want to get paid off of doing what I love and never compromising that in any way, shape, or form. So I'm extremely grateful that rap hasn't gone anywhere and it's become our rock and roll for our generation. But um, I just... uh. I just know that doing what I'm doing is gonna, you know, bring back some of that, uh, some of that warmth to, uh, to the hip hop sound. Yeah. The change really has been incredible. And I'm, I too am glad that hip hop is still around because people really, I think, tend to misunderstand it and, take it as something that it isn't, at least not exactly, but it's like you said, it's whatever we, we choose it to be, whatever, be whatever we want. Exactly. So what, what do you, um, I heard you mention like, you're not really a big fan of like the mainstream hip hop today. And of course, you're not the first person to tell me that, but, uh, why do you, um, not really feel it, uh, specifically? Um, well, before I touch further into it, um, I respect it no matter what. Um, I have an appreciation for it, and I respect it no matter what. Um, but, you know, we all got taste. You know, we all got opinion, even the shitty ones. Um, and, yeah, just for me, when people like OTF, 300 people like that were doing it it was it was something i loved and i was i was like early high school when like signs of the streets two and one had dropped um um when chief was like on his like mixtape era still you know I, I really i really loved all that shit um Recipes, L.A. Capone. I mean, I'm not going to start saying recipes to all the Chicago artists. It's, it's terrible, but it's too many. Um, but when Drill was in his early stages, I fucking loved Drill, bro. Because it was just like something to get ignorant to, bro. And I, I was doing a lot of wrong, you know, if I'm on probation for five years. Um, I was caught up in a lot of shit that was just stupid. It just wasn't healthy for my life or my mind. So, you know, Drill was... Drill was always there, you know what I mean? Just to really get you amped up when you're about to go do some shit you really shouldn't have been doing. Um, so I love Drill, but at, at the point where it is now, it's a little too pretentious. Uh, 
just a little too faulty. Like, you could be like um, the most ridiculous kid in the world. Like, ridiculous is the wrong word. You could be from the burbs with a beautiful life. Um, never did anything wrong in your life other than like yell at your parents. And you can make a drill hit and people gonna eat it up because that target market for the internet now is like it gets younger and younger. The real target market now for shit on the internet is like 11 to 17. Now those are the kids that are swiping the most. Those are the kids that are engaging the most. That Those are the kids that are clicking the most. So drill now is kind of that. It's really just for, it's, it's the clickbait aspect of it. It's, the, it's just not genuine anymore. But yeah, don't get it twisted. Original drill when it was coming out of Chicago. That shit was everything. It was just another form of hip hop. It was coming all the all the gang gang shit, like all that. I had a very fond appreciation for it when it was in its original motion. All right, all right, you know, I see, I see your points. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it is true. There are people will always have mixed opinions on you know hip hop or just music in general because, like you said, art is subjective. Music is subjective. But let's uh, talk some more about, you know, artists that you ab- that you absolutely love because yeah. you mentioned uh, the Alchemist, and I saw your Instagram. You got to meet him, and I know that must have been just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, getting to meet the Alchemist. Was he? Um, have you been able to meet other producers or um, just the Alchemist so far? Nah, um, for a long time. I didn't try to do shit like that. You know, I didn't try to up my network and get myself out. If I was outside, um, I was getting into something. Um, so I've never, I've never had the opportunity to meet anybody. Um, I've had some meetings with some really cool people, um, you know, discussing music and stuff. But, um, no, yeah, I was like the only song. Right. So, yeah, it's just me and the alchemist, and you know, just I know having just that deep appreciation for like his music, his production. Like, what about like what are just the elements, which is the aspects of like the alchemist's production that just like just that you love the most? It's that warmth, man. That's a word I used earlier. So that's a word that my my best friend Taji uses a lot. Like it's kind of what we want to make sure to incorporate in all of our music is that warmth. Warmth being just like if you record a guitar like directly into an electronic sound recorder, sound capture, you lose a little bit of that element. Say you were to put a microphone in front of an amp and play live. Take that more so as a metaphor than, than the literal sentence. It's just like when you do something the way it's supposed to be done, it it captures some rugged, not rugged, shouldn't say rugged. It captures something like very authentic, very raw, and. uh Al, so many other people. It's my most important thing is that warmth. 
All right. So now, so that's what you want to bring when you um, got those songs. I imagine just that warmth right there. Yeah. That sort of feeling in your, in your music. Huh. Kind of ironic, given your album's name is Cold Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, I just want to throw this random, um, random question to you. Like top three favorite uh, producers in hip hop. Right. Go. So I can't do favorites ever. I'm a very, I'm a very. Uh, people get to know me. I'm very bigoted on uh, on the concept of favorites. I hate, I hate favorites. Um, but three people that have very much so inspired me, um, production wise, I would say Al, the Alchemist. Um, there's a kid. Um, there's a kid named um, Donnie Katana. He's a part of the Katana crew. Kevin Katana being the one. I think Kevin started the Katana crew. Um, and Donnie just has taken that shit to a lot of different lengths and incorporates a lot of that OG sound and that warmth, but with like new school drums. Mm-hmm. Um, like new school production styles. So I say Al. Donnie, my third, I have to say Doom, man. It's it's a it's a fine split yeah, before yeah. Doom and Dilla. And those, those are the obvious answers, you know, like, but those are just like the people who really like left a mark on my hip hop brain. Timbaland has like totally earned that spot in my list. But if we're going to do like three, it's got to be. That third spot is not in any type of order, but that that last spot is split between Dilla and Doom. Yo, know, R.I.P. to them both, man. Yeah, like, man. like well, I was, I was, I was so, I was crushed when I found out Doom died. Like, yeah. you know, because like Doom, like he was so different, you know, like not just like in production, but like in everything, you know, like his his rhyming was different. Like he chose like some. Just sometimes, sometimes like weird, like beats to go to like spit bars with. Yeah. Like he, like he, and even like with his mask and everything, like he just he wanted you to know, like whatever I do, like you'll know it's me doing it. You know, he he was he was he was he was trying to stay. He always stood out. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was also like everything you just said, but it was also the other flip of the coin at the same time. He. It's like it's not about persona. It's not about your looks. It's not about all this shit that people get caught up in, especially now. Um, it's about the music. It's all about the music. Yeah, he he. That's so true. He and he embraced that. You know, you see, you know, you knew he loved like what he was doing, just with the energy he put out, and just like the and the quality of his work. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Dill is the same way. Like with 100%. his, um, when you hear his album Donuts, it's amazing. Um. So yeah, I imagine it's not just about you know standing out, but just about yeah, just the music too. You know, I think you you think uh to me rap um, rappers um this day and age like this generation might uh take that for granted. 
Oh, I can't. I can't say, man, because there's so many artists, so many artists. Music is so accessible now to create that. There's such a, like a like a plethora of people that create. Maybe in the mainstream, you know, but that's always what the mainstream's been. You know, the mainstream's always been like the pop culture aspect, like the most digestible, the easiest to to just crank up. So, like I said, man, I'm just one person. Can't really say, but I think the fact that it's a, it's a theme in everybody's head, you know, goes to show you what everybody might might agree on with that one. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah, so music's gonna be um, changing. Um, cause music always, as we see, arts like always changes. Like always. the taste, the production, just quality. Like things are always going to shift, yeah. and so that means like artists gotta like change and evolve along with it. So, like, how do you want to continue to evolve in your music and your style, uh, AJ? So I always wanted to just reflect where I'm at in life, no matter what, whether the beats change, whether the the cadence changes, whether the ambiance and the and the temperature of hip hop changes. It's always just gonna be a reflection of where I'm at. Always gonna be a reflection of where you're at right now, huh? That's what you I miss Yeah, that's what I imagine you're gonna bring with your with your next album or your EP. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And you know, that change it can be you know, unpredictable, you know? 100%. Like, you never know what's going to, like, be popular next. And so, do you, but by any chance, have you thought about, like, uh, like how, like, hip-hop, like, might change or evolve in, let's say, the next couple of years or even decades? I feel like, excuse the background noise, like I said, I'm doing some community service hours, probation, but, um, you never know, but I feel like with what I'm doing, and uh, I didn't mention this before, but I started a collective with my closest friends called Know You. Um, I feel like once we're on in a little bit, I feel like what we're doing isn't going to change the landscape, but it's definitely going to make people realize, like, I got some studying to do. It's going to make the, the kids of my generation, the kids younger, just realize, like, shit, man, this is, these are all samples from back in the day. Like, shit, I got to do a little bit of research. That's just what I feel like a lot of kids lack, like a lot of kids. Um, and when I say kids, I mean people just my age. Um, I feel like people are just forgetting to, to really study, like, bring it back a little bit to, really learn what what you're invested in you know the worst life to live is an ignorant life they say ignorance is bliss but you know that's a very that's a very acute minded way of thinking you know so yeah yeah i feel like once we're on once my group is really main stage it'll just turn some heads make people realize like shit i got some i got some studying to do yeah, I, I can respect that. I understand that. Yeah, but 
So now as we start to get to our last few questions, you have been already getting recognition because I saw hip hop appreciation. I gave you that uh, shout out for you know your music. Yeah. And so when you when you see like these like hip hop channels, these just absolute lovers of the genre, like finding you and just giving letting people know like like you need to listen to this guy right now. Like I imagine that's gotta give you a ton of like confidence uh in like your music and what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's slowly starting, you know. I've been contacted by a few pages and stuff like that. Um Yeah, it's in my mind it's overdue, you know what I mean? But at the same time I'm just so grateful, you know, the way things move and how everything goes. But it's just it's just a matter of time. It'll it'll get to a point where I can't I can't even manage the inbox anymore. So um I'm in love I'm in love with the grind and I'm in I'm very, very grateful to have an able body that has the opportunity to live this human experience and just do these things. Now, in the chance that, you know, once you, not even a chance, once you, once you uh, blow up, like, have you, have you considered, like, how you're going to, you know, continue to maintain yourself, like, mental and, like, your quality so you never, like, you know, get slipping or, like, turn fake or anything? It's an everyday battle, you know, whether, whether you have immense success and your greatest passion or, or if you're struggling, you know, uh, it's it's an everyday battle for every single man and woman on this earth. So, you know, I I really can't say, but I've struggled a long time with a lot of different things, and I can only hope that I just take each day just as serious as the last and continue to progress in the direction I truly want to be. I like that. I like that answer right there. So now it's down to my last question, AJ. So throughout this um, journey, from you first discovering uh, hip hop and listening to Eminem and the locks to you releasing Cole to where you are now, what is a part of it that you would that you reflect on the most? The fun of it all. All the memories that were made throughout the process of creating. I really just like, I see the faces of my friends. I see the environments we were in and how those progressively changed and how they progressively stayed the same. I just, I just, I just see my friends' faces every time I put on something new that I just had finished. That's what it's all about. I love that. That's beautiful. So, all right. That's, that's great. It's just the fun of it all. Just learn to have fun, be in the moment and just like let your passions and, you know, just what you have on the table, just come out, and just bring excellence. That's what you're saying, huh? Yeah, brother. All right. Great answer. That being said, Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That includes episode 33 of the upcoming one. Give another huge thank you and shout out to my guest, AJE SMD. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your insights, your experiences, everything, AJ. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure, man. Very, very grateful. This is my first interview, brother. Appreciate you, man.
Yeah, I appreciate you too. So, and gentlemen, like I said, that's it for this episode. Be sure to tune in. We uh, release episodes on Sundays, and also be sure to uh, follow us. We are on Spotify. We are on you know, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora. We're on TuneIn. Everything except uh, uh, what is it? Apple uh, Podcasts. Yeah. So. That being said, uh, be sure to tune in for these episodes and be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. That is all and good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. The best yet to come. Take care, everybody.